Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of I Don't Finish the Drama, I Start It. As always, I'm your host, Nini. To stay up to date on the latest happenings with the show, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at IDFTD underscore podcast. In today's episode, we'll begin our journey with the NBC Netflix drama Tomorrow. Tomorrow stars Kim Hee Sun as Kuryeon, SF9's Roan as Choi Junung, Lee Soo Hyuk as Park Jun Gil, and Yeon Jion as Im Young Gu. Before going into the recap, I'd like to offer a trigger warning as the show, adapted from the webtoon of the same name by Lama, focuses on Grim Reapers and their job in dealing with suicide. If you or anyone you know is struggling, please reach out to the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. The episode opens with our lovely Kuryeon working to thwart a group suicide pact. Kuryeon, who seems to be the muscle behind the whole operation, learns from In Young-gu, the tech or information specialist, that a group of people brought together through a group suicide pact on Twitter are currently in a parking garage locked inside a van. She struts through the parking structure in an impeccable red suit and swiftly stops the group from carrying out their plans in an extremely unconventional way, forcing them to face the very death they were seeking. She drives the van onto the city streets, driving insanely recklessly and forcing all of them to beg for their lives. She eventually drives the van onto an overpass or bridge that has been closed off and dismantled in the middle. Fearing for their lives, everyone in the van is crying and begging for her to stop and let them live. She leaves the van safe and sound on the bridge with all of its occupants alive. After that incident, we get introduced to our main lead, Che Junung. Che Junung, despite having an outstanding resume, numerous certificates, and a copious amount of blood taken from him for donation, is struggling to get a job. He thinks that he finally lands one after interviewing with a fertilizer company, but is saddened to realize that he loses out on the job to the chairman of the company's granddaughter. On his way home, Che Junung spots a homeless man trying to jump off a bridge. He at first walks away and tries to ignore it, but later goes back to save the man, asking that he be able to end the day on a better note. As he is trying to save the man, Gurion and Imran Gu show up also trying to save him, and Gurion kicks Che Junung out of the way. He, however, unfortunately does not get the message, and after hearing Kudyan use her tough love speech to convince the man against jumping, reaches out to save him, causing them both to fall into the river. Im Young-gu's alarm goes off, signaling the end of his workday, which leaves Kudyan with the task of saving both Che Junung and the homeless man herself. She successfully does just that, however, Che Junung ends up in a coma. While trying to figure out what department to place him in, a bunch of the Jumadung higher-ups are debating the need for Kuryeon and Imrangu's Department of Risk Management. After an extremely hilarious scene involving a sweatshirt that says Aguchim instead of Gucci, Che Junung is off to see the Jade Emperor. She gives him two choices, work for Jumadung, the quote-unquote company that handles the afterlife, and wake up from his coma in six months or spend three years in the coma. Che Junung initially refuses the offer, but after returning to his body and seeing how distraught his mother is, he changes his mind and readily accepts. The Jade Emperor tells Gurion that if their next task fails, the department will be dissolved. The Jade Emperor decides to place Che Junung with the risk management team for their daunting task of trying to save the department. He learns that while the rest of Jumadung deals with those who are already dead, the risk management department are grim reapers who help people and try to keep those in need alive. That brings them to their next target, a writer named Umbi. Umbi works on a television series and is in the process of having to interview a manhwa writer named Kewan. Kewan's manhwa is about a girl who is severely bullied by her peers at school. Umbi is reluctant to take the interview but ultimately has no choice and it appears obvious to the risk management team that the two have a history. 
In order to get to the bottom of that history, Che Junung and Gu Ryan, without the help of Im Young Gu, whose alarm has gone off, enter Umbi's memories with a memory key. Throughout Umbi's memories, we see Hyewon as a pretty aggressive instigator. One of the most traumatic memories for Umbi is that of when Hyewon forced her to laugh whenever she would hear the click of a pen. While traveling through her memories and seeing her being beaten up on numerous occasions, Che Junung, despite warnings from Gu Ryan, decides to shield Umbi from hits and kicks that Hyewon and her friends are dealing her, causing her memories to start altering. As her memory world is crashing down, Che Junung and Gu Ryan run throughout her memories, unlocking doors with the memory key until they're safely out, with the memory key broken, that is. Gu Ryan had previously told Che Junung that if they are noticed in someone's memories, they will become stuck there forever, which started to happen when he tried to protect Umbi. Meanwhile, Hyewon has met up with those same high school friends who helped her bully Umbi, and after not remembering who she was at first, is reminded of everything she did to her, including the pen incident. During the next interview shooting, Hyewon first confronts Umbi in the bathroom before going into the interview with a pen that she repeatedly starts clicking. Che Junoon gets Hyewon to stop, feigning a sensitivity to sound, but that doesn't end Hyewon's reign of terror. She corners Umbi in the office post-interview and again taking up the pen clicking, forces Umbi to flee to the rooftop of her high-rise office building. Che Junoon tries to help her but is stopped by Kuran and Im Gu who take him out of the situation so Kuran can deal with her. Kuran gives Umbi her tough love, telling her that she should just end things already and that those who do the bullying live their life in the present while those who are bullied are constantly stuck in the past. Umbi falls off the rooftop but Kuran comes to her rescue helping her safely reach the ground. After reaching the bottom, Che Junung brings out Umbi's favorite comedian, causing Umbi to laugh and smile again and influencing her number to drop down to 20 and put her in the green. Gu Ryan goes to see Hyewon and tells her to sincerely apologize to Umbi, and after Hyewon refuses, Hyewon's past bullying comes to light, causing her career and reputation to be ruined. Especially since she wrote a whole book about bullying and said in her interview that those who bully should be given no mercy. Kuryan then goes to see the other two friends that were involved in the bullying and does something to them as well. After this incident, Che Junung's dislike of Kuryan's tactics only grow, and he decides to leave the risk management team for another department. After that department insults the very people that Che Junung had been spending time trying to save, he yells at them before leaving to see the Jade Emperor and hoping that his time in Jumadung isn't up. In the end, Kuryan decides to accept Che Junung back into the team. In the epilogue of episode 2, we find out that in order to get Umbi's favorite comedian to see her, Che Junung had gone into the bathroom and taken all the toilet paper. He offered a piece of toilet paper to the comedian in exchange for seeing Umbi. Episode 3 starts out with a little more insight into the risk management team. For one, their office is a mess. It previously belonged to the special crimes unit, which Kuryan had been a part of, which is the explanation given for its current state of affairs. As a new member of the team, Che Junung needs to learn the rules, which he has shown that he's not very good at following. He's given a new name, Unjung, and a new face that can only be seen by the living, and is told not to use his newly received powers in the presence of humans or to intervene with them unless he's doing his job. Obviously, Che Junung is terrible at following these rules, and doubly so when the next case involves his best friend, Namgung Jesu. Jaisu is studying for the police exam and after failing multiple times has been brought to the brink from the stress of it. Che Junung and Namgung Jaisu have been friends for a really long time, since high school. And through a flashback, we learn how the pair first got together. 
Turns out that Jason was being bullied in high school, and while Chae Jun Hoon didn't want to get involved at first, an altercation between Jason and his bullies led to a spill on Chae Jun Hoon's white shoes. He then immediately teamed up with Jason to get revenge for his ruined shoes, and they have been friends ever since. This is also a classic case of don't forget to check on your friends, as Chae Jun Hoon had no clue that Jason was struggling. It also seemed like he didn't know that he had failed the test. As soon as Chae Jun Hoon gets the alert that Jason is in danger, he immediately runs to confront him, which Kudron told him not to do. And instead, he gets whisked away by the police after Jason fails to recognize him. Remember, he's got a different face. Im Rung comes to his rescue at the station, and their next plan of attack to get him out of his house, to have Kudron and Im Rung dress as cult members, doesn't work. Shocker. Che Junung eventually sends Jaesu an inspirational text message, and hoping that it's from Junung who has woken up from his coma, Jaesu speeds off to the hospital. It turns out that when Che Junung gets too close to his comatose body, he ends up instantly almost dying himself. And Park Jung Gyu, having other business at the hospital, shows up just in time to scold the entire risk management team for the incident. After seeing Che Junung still in a coma, Jaesu leaves the hospital defeated and gets drunk while reflecting on his time studying for the police exam. Junung believes that if he can get his friend the same fried chicken he ate when he was a kid, then Jaesu will be happy again. Out of options, Kuran leaves with Junung to get a car to bring them back in time from the Jade Emperor and has Im Gu stay with Jaesu. The two head back in time to Jaesu's birthday and decide to follow his father around to try and find the chicken. Jaesu's father is really struggling financially. He is selling socks to make ends meet while trying to raise Jaesu and pay for Jaesu's mom's hospital bills. Things on that day just kind of spiral out of control. First, we learn that his father is behind on his life insurance payments. Then, Jaesu stops being allowed to attend kindergarten since they can't afford the tuition fee. They are also late on paying the hospital bills. It rains suddenly, so all the socks get wet, and when the pair return home, all their things are being taken out by the landlord for failure to pay rent. As Kudon convinces Chae Junung to leave the timeline, they overhear Jaesu's father tell him that he would be dropped off at the hospital to stay with his mom while he goes to get the chicken. Hearing that, the two decide to stay in the timeline a little longer in order to see where the chicken is bought, and the episode ends there. I, for one, do not think they will be seeing any fried chicken being bought. With the talk of the life insurance payment earlier in the episode, I think that Jaesu's dad will try to get the payout so Jaesu and his mom can live a better life. Overall, while the main focus of the show is extremely sensitive and extremely hard to watch sometimes, I'm still enjoying it. Gudon obviously has some background in dealing with suicide that I'm interested in the drama digging up. And there's also something really suspicious about a relationship with Park Jun Gil. Additionally, I really, really want to know why Im Ryung Gu has to leave at the end of the workday and can't ever work overtime. Gudon keeps letting him leave, even though it obviously really annoys her. The dynamic between the three members of the risk management team is really great as well, which obviously makes the show a more enjoyable watch. I think that for dealing with such a heavy topic, the show is doing a good job at shedding light on those who are struggling and what that may look like, as well as reasons different people have for still wanting to live. And it's doing an okay job at keeping things lighthearted when it can. The jokes might be a little off with their timing, but you can only fit them into so many places with a plot like this. With that being said, be sure to stick around for next week as we find out what happens to Jaesu and whether or not Chae Junoon continues to do stupid things in episodes 4 through 6 of tomorrow. This has been I Don't Finish the Drama, I Start It. Have a great weekend.